Welcome to St. Mungo's Podcast for the Magically Deprived, where you can get your weekly Potter fix. We will be discussing the Harry Potter series chapter by chapter. If you've read the books previously or are just starting the series for the first time, we hope you enjoy this journey through Harry's adventures at Hogwarts and beyond. Please be aware that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We may at times reference future events, people, or places. Also, there will be adult language and content. So if you have little ones listening, you may want to send them out of the room or listen at another time. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe. I'm Megan. I'm Serena. This week, we'll be discussing Chapter 8 of the Philosopher's Stone, The Potions Master. We'll head right over to Serena in the Slytherin Common Room for the summary. On his first day of classes, Harry is pointed out and stared at by everyone. He meets his new professors and has his first lessons, including potions, where the potions master, Professor Snape, torments him, confirming Harry's suspicion that Snape hates him. After classes, Harry and Ron go to meet Hagrid at his small wooden house on the school grounds. Here, Harry learns that the break-in at Gringotts was on the same day he was there. First thing I want to do is we're going to meet the staff. The caretaker at Hogwarts is Argus Filch. He watches over the castle. He does the cleaning. He has many duties. Argus in Greek mythology was the hundred-eyed giant who Hera used to keep watch over one of Zeus's lovers. And when he was killed by Hermes, Hera transferred his eyes to the tail of the peacock, which is her sacred animal. And that was the reward for his service. So Argus watches over the castle. Aurora Sinistra is the astronomy teacher. Aurora is the Greek goddess of the dawn. Cuthbert Binns is the only ghost teacher. Cuthbert derives from the English origin meaning famous or brilliant, which I don't know, I didn't find really ties into his character at all, but there you go. He teaches history of magic. Pomona Sprout teaches herbology. Pomona is the Roman goddess of trees, gardens, and orchards. Very fitting. And Sprout obviously is self-explanatory. Phileas Flitwick teaches charms. The only thing I could find on the origin of Phileas is it means a male descendant or a son. Other than that, I didn't really find a tie-in with his name. Mm -hmm. Minerva McGonagall teaches transfiguration, and Minerva is the Roman goddess of wisdom, war, and strategy. Quirinus Quirrell, the defense against the dark arts teacher. In Roman mythology, Quirinus, together with Jupiter and Mars, formed the Trinity, or the highest gods of the Roman state, and was the god of armed Romans. That was the definition I found in most places. But then I found that in Austin Roman, Quirinus was the epithet to Janus, who is the two-faced god. So that mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting. Severus Snape teaches potions. And of course, in Latin, Severus means severe or stern. Rolanda Hooch teaches flying lessons, and she's also the Quidditch referee. In Latin, Rolanda means renowned in the land or famous in the land. And Hooch is an alcoholic drink, so make of that what you will. My question is, what would your favorite subject be first year? That's a good question. I think mine would be transfiguration. That would be really cool to see something and you just change it into something else. Although I don't like the idea of changing animals into things because what happens to the animal? Can they breathe? Do they die? Like, um, you know, when Ron's changing his rat into a goblet a and it's like <laughs> half a goblet with a tail. That's all I keep thinking. Can this animal breathe? I mean, I think if you do it right, it's just not an animal anymore. In Ron's case, yeah, probably not. So what happens to this poor animal then? I have a cat in front of me. I transfigure it into a book. Now it's a book. 
because then you can transfigure it back if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just, you're just saying this. So the matter just changes into something else. Yeah. It doesn't cease to exist. It's just existing in a different form. But it's not still living. It's not still a cat. Well, no, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be alive to exist. I can say it's not like it's a cat that's trapped as a book and it can't be like, it's just a book now. Okay. What would your guys' favorite subjects be? I'm thinking charms. That would have been probably my second choice. Yeah, my second choice is Transfiguration. <laughs> I feel like it would be Defense Against the Dark Arts, but not with Quirrell as my teacher. Do you know what I mean? It depends yes, on but- teacher, because every year it's going to be different. Yeah, because they said he's pretty useless as a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Yeah, so probably Transfiguration too. Or maybe maybe I'd be really down with potions. I don't know. Maybe I'd see you brew in some potions. See, to me, potions is kind of like cooking, kind of, and I do that all the time. So it doesn't really give me any interest. So you're one of those Gryffindors with no respect for the art of potion making. <laughs> I have respect <laughs> for it. I do it about. every day. <laughs> it just doesn't look. Like, I actually am very quite good at potions, I think. <laughs> yeah. No so, wand waving over here. Okay. We're going to talk about this foolish wand waving. Let me start off by saying I love the character of Snape. He's written very well, which is probably why I dislike him so much. And I'm going to try to say this in a way, because I know, Serena, you love Snape. You didn't come for my boy. I'm going to not go for your boy. (laughs) And I'm going to give you the reasons why I dislike him. Okay. Is he misunderstood? Yes, he is misunderstood. But it's his own fault he's misunderstood. People can only judge you by what you show them and how you treat them. And he chooses to show the worst side of himself and to treat people the worst way he possibly can. So before they even met, Harry could feel the hate coming off of this man. And he's done nothing to him. Let's keep in mind, he's 11. He's an 11-year-old child. In class, Snape singles out Harry. He picks on him through the whole class. He completely ignores Hermione. And he's so mean to poor Neville. And these are children. It's one thing to bully people your own age. But to me, he's using his position over authority over children. And I find he acts like a bit of a child. Like he's so petty in the things he says. Hermione knew the answers to everything he was asking. But he obviously didn't want the answer. He just wanted to pick on Harry. That's cruel. To me, the whole point of life is you learn from your mistakes and you you try to get better as you go. Obviously, Snape is not following this rule at all. A lot of people say that the reason he's so mean to Harry is because of the connection with Voldemort and he has to try to keep his cover as a spy. But I don't think at this point he knows about the connection and doesn't know how it works. And he's also not only mean to Harry, he's mean to all of the children. He's mean to all of them. Adults bullying children is a large theme throughout the whole. Actually, yes, absolutely. It (laughs) is. Not just him. No, it's not just him, but he does it consistently. And he enjoys it. He's doing it on purpose, constantly. And also, his bullying didn't start the year Harry got there because Ron actually says to Harry, first day, I've heard Snape can turn nasty. So he's been like this his whole teaching career. He's a bitter guy. But the fact... Classic guy angry that's gotten his heart broken when he was like an adolescent and then just never moved on for it and made it his entire personality. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, you're misunderstood. It's still on you to fix what happened to you. Yeah, you can't control what happened to you. You can feel bad, but people can only feel bad for you for so long before it's enabling at that point. You're an adult. You're an adult. 
Yeah. And the fact that Harry names his son after Snape, after he's been bullied by this man for seven years, is preposterous. I don't keep him alive for those seven years also. Yes, but... I try to put myself in Harry's shoes. You find out later, okay, he tried to keep me alive, but he didn't have to be so mean and he didn't have to be a bully. If anything, just ignore the child. That would have solved all of your problems. You think so? Rather than being bullied? I would never name a child. They're both bad. Like They're both going to leave the kid with some sort of trauma. Whether you ignore him or you're mean to him, both of both of those things do damage. You could have at least tolerated him. To me, it's like the saying, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Yeah. So to me, if okay. you can't treat him nice, just ignore him or deal with him as least as possible. To me, I don't care how much he loved my mother. You bullied me for seven years. <laughs> you didn't love her that much. Yeah. And that's another thing. If he loved Lily that much... You would think he'd want to care for her child. Could you imagine if she knows how you're treating her son? The thing is, he doesn't. He gets basically not tricked into it like he decides to do it. But I think a lot of what he puts towards Harry is really him taking out his anger at Dumbledore on Harry. Because Dumbledore is the one who roped him in and said, okay, well, you love Lily so much. So why don't you just help me keep her son alive so that she doesn't die in vain, which was bullshit. And now he's stuck at Hogwarts, teaching potions, trying to keep Harry alive, who he doesn't like. He looks like James, who Snape hated James anyways, regardless of if he ended up with Lily. He would hate James anyways. But that's not Harry's fault. It's not Harry's fault. For sure. As much as he was roped in, uh, you always have a choice. Regardless of if that choice seems impossible, it is still a choice. First of all, when Dumbledore said to Snape, could you not ask for her life in exchange for the husband and the son? And he's like, I did. So he could not care less if James and Harry died as long as Lily lived. But even after Voldemort killed Lily, he didn't have to stay with Dumbledore. He could have gone back to Voldemort. Well, yeah, but now he's mad at Voldemort for killing his the love of his life. But he's he like, got... That wasn't part he, of the deal. But he made... The, he made an unbreakable vow with Dumbledore, right? That he has to stay there and do I don't that. know that it was never said that he made the unbreakable vow. It's assumed. I think but he did. It was never said. And then I saw actually a TikTok that was talking about it that was saying, we know that obviously the defense against the dark arts role is cursed. Mm-hmm. If you're a professor, you're either going to die or you're, something's going to happen that you can't come back and teach. But Snape every year wants to teach defense against the dark arts so badly. And it was saying that basically he wants to do that because he knows it'll end in either him dying or him not being able to come back and teach. So that'll get him out from Dumbledore's thumb. And the reason that Dumbledore didn't give him the position is because he was saving it because he knew he would only last the year. Exactly. Yeah. So he was saving the position Uh, for him for later for when he needed him in that position. Yeah, exactly. It's all Dumbledore's fault. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) That being said, there is a book written by Lori Kim. The original one was called Snape, A Definitive Reading, but there's an updated version. It's called Snape, The Definitive Analysis of Hogwarts Mysterious Potions Master, which I wasn't going to read because I don't want to read a book that's just going to defend all of Snape's horrible actions. But it doesn't. It's an amazing book. It's so good. I have the first book 
like paperback. And then I have the newer one on audio. So I listened to the newer version. It's masterful. She doesn't make any excuses for his behavior. I've never seen anybody get into somebody's head like she gets into Snape's head. She doesn't make excuses, but she gives the reasoning of why he does the things he does. Mm -hmm. And when you're reading it, you'll go, oh, that makes sense. Because there's some parts she'll say something. I'll go, oh, but no, 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 no. And then she'll say something else. And I'll go, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a really good book. And for me to like a book written all about Snape, it's amazing. If you have a chance, read it. I'll link it in the in the notes too. I'll re- wow. link both of them, the old version and the new one. For the really record, good. I loved Snape before. I don't love Snape because we found out that he's actually not follow not a follower of Voldemort and he's actually like a quote-unquote good guy and all that I love Snape from this moment from that scene in the movie when he walks in and he's just a badass and he's like we gone through some potions not using any wands I fell in love with him from that moment I've always loved him yeah I know you've liked him from from the beginning and I didn't like my mind didn't change just because we found out that he loves Lily and all that stuff that whole thing when people are always saying always that bothers me so much i don't know why when i hear and when people i'm sorry if you have a tattoo tattoo that says always oh come on like to me that's just so cheesy always that's when people say why don't you get this because i'm still trying to for years i've been brewing on what tattoo i should get for harry potter because i want one but Mm -hmm. it has to be perfect there are some sick ones on Instagram. but when people show me that when i'm like i am not putting that word anywhere on my body i'm sorry that annoys me (laughs) Not just that single word, maybe in like a string of words somewhere, but I do love a hopeless romantic though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that's all the notes I have because in this chapter, it's literally just mostly just potions class, is it not? Oh, and then this guy blames Harry (laughs) for Neville screwing up his potion. What? Yeah, he really doesn't like them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah he, he really doesn't he just really attacked him the whole time. and this is why i wish somebody would have said to him he didn't get along with your dad you look like yeah. your dad and then when he says to him i think hermione knows the answer though <laughs> that was the best part the best i'm like part. he's just had enough yeah ask poor hermione and hermione like knows the answer so you clearly don't want the answer he I just like frustrates lot, me like it's not it's he looks like his dad he loved his mom his mom died and he survived and he's like just being for- he's resentful force but yeah like he's just so resentful and so bitter it just doesn't come out the right way and not like, to defend it like i don't think it's right either but i can see how he's just you know an angry person he was an angry person before all yes of i think he's always been an angry person yeah so i can see how it comes out and then also the the quarrel's room smelling of garlic I was literally, I have that up, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were talking. Did we talk about it last? What was that a few, few um episodes ago mm-hmm. about Snape being a vampire? And then I watched that video that you sent me, kind of picking out the little details that proves it. In that same thing where it says his classroom smelled like strongly of garlic, which everyone said was to ward off the vampire he met in Romania, but it says that the turban was given to him by an African prince as a thank you for getting rid of a troublesome zombie. I'm wondering if that zombie was Voldemort, because he had to go somewhere after he killed Lily and James. Not killed him, but, like, he was super weak, right? Yeah. So he went somewhere, did he cause issues, and then Quirrell went and rescued him and was like, here, I'll wrap you in this turban. Oh my god. 
and take you back. But I think when he when he tried to kill Harry and the spell rebounded, he went to Albania, correct? Yeah, he went to Albania. Did Quirrell end up in Albania and he ran uh, into him in the forest? Quirrell, he was, yeah, he was in Albania. I think he was in the, um, he was possessing snakes, I believe. So Quirrell came across the snake that started talking to him. That was very Adam and Eve. And then the snake. Do we know what house Quirrell was in? Pretty sure that's what happened. And then Voldemort um, possessed him. But it was saying in the, the thing about Snape being a vampire that Quirrell's garlic is basically to ward off Snape because he thinks he's a vampire. Yeah, that w- that's what I had heard too. And obviously he was going to have to wrap that turban around his head to hide the fact that he's on the back oh. of his head. They said that it has a funny smell. <laughs> I think Fred and George are the ones who came up with the, the garlic in the turban thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so he was in Ravenclaw. Yeah, so he's a half-blood wizard who was in Ravenclaw. And then so, I guess there's no um, deeper meaning, but the all of the potions that Snape asks Harry, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, what would you get if you added a powdered root of asphodel to an infusion of wormwood? Those are all potions that we see later, used later in the series. I don't think there's really a deeper meaning, but. I think I take in too much content because I think there is something somewhere out there in the universe that links those potions to something. That's what I thought too. But when I looked into it, it, it was more just what it was. But we do see them all later on. Like it's the draught of living death, the bezoars used in the sixth one. And then wolfsbane is what allows werewolves to keep their heads when they transform, which is used for Lupin. Do you guys have anything else? Nothing else about Snapey Snape? Yeah, I think that was basically this chapter was them in the classroom. Yeah, they went and had tea with Hagrid, yeah. Harry found out that the Gringotts break-in was on the same day that they were there. Yeah, that's actually an important point that I almost yeah. just skipped right over. <laughs> he got too, <laughs> too mad. Ron just, does you know, tell him on the train that there was the break-in. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, he mentioned then, it, but he uh, didn't put it together until he saw... Did he see the newspaper clipping? Yeah, he actually saw the article and he realized it was the same day that they were there. And he kind of put together that it was that vault because Hagrid emptied it and they broke into an empty vault. Yeah, like he figures it must be yeah. that one. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's important to know. That's important, yeah. Anything else? All right, Megan, take us into Would You Rather. This week's Would You Rather question is, would you rather be disciplined by McGonagall or Snape? Oh, McGonagall. 100%. I'm a Gryffindor. I'm going to get disciplined by McGonagall because even if it's a harsh punishment, she's fair and she'll give me what I deserve, whereas not Snape, no. I'm trying to think what punishments they've even had. Oh, you McGonagall get to go to the Forbidden, forbidden Forest? That's what McGonagall did. You get to write lines. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> and if you get disciplined by Snape, you're a thousand percent losing house points. Oh, 5,000 house points. Yeah, you're oh. losing but house points. But then again... <laughs> McGonagall would do the same. But she wouldn't, no, but she wouldn't take away as many. She was fair. Remember when they got caught, the three of them, and she was like, I'm taking 10 points or however many points, but each of you are getting this many for being brave. She's That's why about it. Snape would have just been like, no, fuck you guys. You're not getting anything. <laughs> exactly. That's taking all of your points. That's my thing is I think McGonagall would be more fair in the punishment, regardless of what house you're in. But Snape would not be. If you're a Slytherin, He'll be fair to you. If you're any other house, just forget it. Serena, okay, so, so you're Serena's safe with safe. him. Yeah, I'm a Slytherin. I'm going to say Snape. Megan? Oh, yeah, no, I'm 100% McGonagall. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, my thing is I'm mouthy. And, like, I would pull a Harry with Snape and I would mouth off and just make it so much worse for myself. 
Especially because it's a man and I don't do well being disciplined by men. You think a man's going to tell me what to do? Yeah, 100% McGonagall. Megan, homework for next week. Homework for this week. Read chapter nine, The Midnight Duel. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. And also, if you could be so kind as to leave us a rating and review. That brings us to the end of this episode. Join us next week as we continue reading through the Harry Potter series. You can send any questions, comments, or concerns to Podcast at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. <laughs>